That was so cool on your show. So I wanted to thank you, first of all, for having me on your show, Spiritual Thoughts, uh, which will be linked down in the um, uh, show description down there anyway. But um, one thing also, it's linked on my website. So if you guys want to head over to the collaborations page, it's like the first one, I think. Right? Pink. It's got you just like, mm. and it's <laughs> such a fucking awesome conversation. So Taylor Lynn, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Fucking every day above grounds are wonderful, and they just keep getting better, which is amazing. Right. Have you been doing this where you just like um, ask the universe or whatever, um, you know, uh, show me how it gets better or show me how yes. good it gets? Yes, that's one of my favorite like affirmations or just like things to ask the universe is just show me how it gets better. Same, and it gets better, which is crazy. Yeah. Well, what's it's one a- example of yours? Do you have anything like revolutionary that's happened recently when you've done that that you know um, was because of that? Yeah, I mean, there's been a a lot, just there's been a lot of like mindset shifts that happen through that, like just the way that I perceive the world. Um, But like one really cool one is like, I've just been um, like, okay, show me how it gets better. And then it'll show me like this like magical ass shit. So I've been (laughs) kind of getting into like um, more like inner earth kind of like different realm type of deals and so I had this experience after kind of being like okay show me how it gets better and then me and my partner we went to um Elk Creek in this like little tiny tiny town called Powers Oregon and like it has maybe like a thousand people in it like it's like super small but that's where his uh, grandpa grew up and so we were going there to spread his grandpa's ashes at this little creek and so there was this trail that we went on um that said it was like super cool there's like a lot of really cool trees and whatever and it said it was like about a mile and so we're going there we're going up we pass like this couple who's coming on their way down we're like oh did you see anything cool they're like no like we didn't get there like we went about a mile and then uh you know we got dizzy and didn't feel good and we turned around and I was like oh weird and so um we're walking up this freaking trail and then all of a sudden like we just start getting like these weird like cryptid vibes and so like <laughs> like uh I, I mean I've I've had a couple different cryptidy experiences not that I've like physically seen them but I've like smelt them and kind of like could feel them like walking side by side along us which is really cool and so we're walking along and that was like the first instinct we we get this like then they smell really bad cryptids smell like shit and it's like it's done intentionally so humans don't want to like be around them and so like all of a sudden we just smelt like it just smelt like shit just like straight shit and we're i looked at my partner i'm like what is that and we looked around there's like no shit anywhere we like double checked i'm like do you step in anything i'm like nope i didn't step in anything did you he's like nope and then we just kept smelling it in this one section and then all of a sudden like we exited this section of the woods and it looked like a completely different realm and then the smell stopped and we were like holy shit and he's like do you think that was cryptid vibes i'm like that was 100 percent cryptid vibes and so then we walk into this other portion of the forest and it looked more it had more kind of like fey vibes so it was more like kind of like fairy realm like very green very like lush and it was like it was weird because there was like this tree arch, which I like to call them tree portals. And once we walked through this tree arch, it was like almost we were in a different realm or a different like territory of like magical cryptidy beings, which was super cool. And so we're walking through that portion and then we get, we're like, okay, how much longer is this? Like it said it was about a mile. I think we've been walking about two and uh, we still haven't gotten to like, the top or you know the little outlook or whatever and then all of a sudden we get to like this 
just like this stoppage point and it's just like this bench and we're like what the heck and then on the bench it said like some dude's name and it said uh in memory of the passport in time which i think is like this um preservation uh project thing where they try to preserve like ancient stuff or like um just stuff from the past we're like interesting like what's here and so like we walk a little further and there's like all these like really beautiful trees there's like these huge two like cedar trees and like like a big douglas fir tree and they just looked so fucking magical and so we're walking we're like oh this is so cool and then there's this little outlook point and um it once had like a fence around it but it was like all broken down and there's this like giant cedar tree we were like whoa like what is in that tree like there's something there and so we i was like are you trying to like adventure off the path and go see what's up he's like of course and so we like (laughs) we're climbing down and we go over to this tree and we're weirdos we like to hug trees and like connect with their energy and whatever and like say hello and so i left we left it like a little offering and then all of a sudden i'm like feeling around this tree and there's this like not a hole but it was like almost like this crack in the tree or an opening and i put my hand and ran my hand along it and it was the fucking craziest thing it felt like you know like how an air conditioning vent feels like just cold air blowing out of it there's just cold air blowing out of this fucking tree and i'm like I like looked over at my partner and I was like, babe, come here right now. Like, please feel this and tell me what you feel like. I didn't tell him what I felt. I was like, please just put your hand on this and tell me if you feel anything. He looked at me. He's like, holy shit. There's like cold air, like a, like an air conditioning vent. Like it felt exactly like an air conditioning vent. I went home and felt my air conditioning vent at, at my house. And it felt exactly the same as like what was coming out of this tree. And I was just like, what the, like, what do you think this is? He's like, I don't know, but we have to come back here and like dig a little deeper and see what's here. And so, um, we've kind of just been like coming up with like different theories and things of like what we think is like in this tree or in this like little fucking tucked away portion of the the forest. It was just, it was wild. (laughs) I love this so much. What an awesome adventure. What a great story. Uh, Thank you, first of all, for sharing that. And it makes me think like perhaps like you said, it's hollow or you guys just had some inclination that there was something inside of it or whatever. Yeah. Perhaps it's like it is hollow. And so just like these um, earth ships, have you ever heard of those earth ships? A little bit. I don't know too, too much about them, but if you want to explain... Yeah, it's kind of the the idea of like a hobbit hole or a cave or something like that. So basically, mm-hmm. you build your home a certain percentage underground and covered oh. by earth, and it kind of has this natural cooling effect, you know, to yeah. where like like there's crazy amazing caves that stay like an even fifty six degrees one hundred percent of the time year round. It's like yeah. they're not affected by the outer influences or the environment or whatever. And so these earth ships sort of mimic that as well, and and they're an incredible design. Like the whole thing is amazing. We went and saw a big community of them in Taos uh, several years ago. There's been one wonderful documentaries made about these things. Anyway, but what it does is it basically takes advantage of the natural cooling effect that that's right under our feet, you know? Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it sounds like perhaps maybe, I mean, one scientific or 3D explanation would be that it's just tapping into that and there's access to that kind of uh, temperature differential or, you know, it's yeah. cooling it down inside of there. And so what is, you know, relieved by negative pressure and all kinds of things, right? Yeah. And yeah, that would be cooler. But it's cool either way. Like, either way, it's yeah. badass. I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it's a realm to another world. And that's, you know, it's that small <laughs> to access because it's not for us, right? It's for the Fae. Right. And they can fit in there physically. Mm-hmm. But um, that's awesome. What a cool memory. What a great story. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, 
yeah, that was my theme for the weekend. I was just like, all right, like, just show me how it gets better. Show me, like, a cool experience. And then the universe was like, here you go. And I was like, that's yeah. fucking badass. How about that? <laughs> and yeah, yeah, here you go. <laughs> well, the, the yeah. cryptid thing is so fascinating, and I definitely want to hear more about what you have to say about those. But um, one of the things that's really interesting, too, about those type of events, let me ask you this. Did you mm-hmm. uh, did sound stop for you um, whenever you had that feeling of the smell of the cryptid? There's this thing called mm-hmm. the Oz effect that a lot of people, Bigfoot, UFO contactees, Faye, anything extra having to do with the phenomena, um, even though they look like different phenomena, probably all tied in together in some way. Mm-hmm. There's this uh, you know, phenomena associated with those experiences as well called the Oz effect, the OZ effect. Mm-hmm. And it's basically where you don't see any animals at all. You don't hear any of the normal sounds that you hear in the forest. Everything becomes deathly, like deafeningly silent. Yeah. And so have you ever had one of those experiences? Um, I did. Um not this time, not this past time, but there was a time, um, it was interesting. It was the first time that I came to Oregon before I moved here. And my partner was showing me this, uh, part, this kind of like off the beaten path, um, of Mount Noma Falls. And so, um, we were going like, it used to be a trail and then it was just kind of like abandoned it looked like and so we were walking on it and you know you can hear like birds and whatever and then all of a sudden like we got to this section of the forest and there was just like nothing yeah and we were just like we looked at each other we're like this is weird it's noticeable yeah and we were like what's happening and then all of a sudden we just kept walking and then we hear like a mechanical like hovering kind of like drone sound and we were like I just kind of like, I'm like, is there like an airport around here? Like, is there like a military base? Like, do you know if there's like anything? He's like, no, there's, there's nothing that I know of over here. And I was just like, okay, just checking. And he's like, why do you ask? I'm like, uh, do you hear anything? And he was like, well, it was silent. And now I hear kind of like a, a, a mechanical like sound. And I was like, okay. All right, just making sure I'm not the only one. <laughs> <laughs> you don't find that suspicious? Yeah, you, know? <laughs> you don't think there's something odd. He's like, no, I definitely think it's fucking weird, and I didn't want to say anything and scare the shit out of you. And I was like, right. okay, well, glad we're on the same page. <laughs> See, this is what's cute about couples like you, because my wife and I do this too, is you can explain things that are weird in your reality, and the other person won't think you're uh, cripplingly weird for it. They'll just yeah. be like, oh, wow, yeah, that's that's interesting. It's, it's cool that you notice that. And if anything, we have an affinity that they pointed that out. I'm like, God, that yeah. makes you so much hotter, you know, that you yeah, like, exactly. pointed something out. Like, you were a smoke show before, but I'll be yeah. goddamned if this didn't up your rank. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, it's wild. And the whole Oz effect thing, I mean, again, that's something that's widely reported. Um, and it's just a very interesting um, observation of the phenomena. Now, it's also interesting is what you said about the smell. And so it seems like there are certain indicators here that will let you know that you're accessing a different energy or that you're in the presence of something different. And this will manifest in different ways. So the Oz effect is one. The smell is a very interesting one because, yeah, you that's kind of a deterrent. Right. It's just like when you hear about stories of Bigfoot, like throwing rocks or screaming or like leaving an X in trees on a trail, though, like whenever you see that, you're not supposed to cross that. Interesting. So it's interesting that you say the throwing rocks thing, because. After, on our way back down, after we um, were passing through that same section, um, we heard, like, this giant, like, rock, like, 
being thrown or falling or whatever and like we looked at each other we're like did you hear that and we like looked down to see if there was like a bear or something and there was like nothing we're like okay that was kind of weird so that's interesting that you say that about the rock throwing I didn't know that was like a thing yeah that's their thing screeching howling there's some specific noises that they make that don't match any other vocal patterns so which makes them even more even more of an enigma but um, and you know you can always write any of this stuff off right there's a 3D answer or a boring answer to damn near anything that we're looking at and so you're just like okay a rock dislodged from the hill and it's like well was it because a Bigfoot pushed it or you know what I mean it you know either answer would be fine but we know the one that we prefer uh the whimsy because there's whimsy around here yeah hell yeah be in awe like that and to allow the universe to surprise you constantly like I love that and being in that vibe and you're in that vibe too and that's where the Mm -hmm. magic happens that's where you're like show me how much better it gets or show me how it gets better uh or how great it gets and then it's just like okay and now I'm open and I'm ready for the surprise you know I don't guide it in any way and that's kind of the advice right you just go with it you know be open you just go with it Yeah, and it's funny because that's one of the things that, like, it's just one of my, like, I don't want to say mantras in life, but it's just, like, just go with it. Like, just be open to the experience. And, like, when you're more open to stuff, you get crazier experiences put in your lap. And it's just, like, the more that you're, like, okay, like, this is cool. Like, this is a thing. And you acknowledge these experiences and you don't just write them off as, like, 3D, like, you know, kind of like you said, the boring explanation, the more they keep happening. Yeah. And it's 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 pretty fucking cool. It is cool. I, I look at it uh, like it's the universe playing just the tip with you. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Yeah. It's like the universe is like, hey, here's a little bit of a paranormal experience. Just see how it feels. You know, no, no, it's fine. If you don't like it, you're not into it. That's fine. We won't give you any more of it. But it is. It's like this tiptoe yeah. into this greater awareness and understanding. I love it. And I love that you're open to receive this. And this is why I absolutely adore you. I mean, a million reasons, of course. But uh, this is also why I wanted to have you on just because you're a great talk to. And, and just being yeah. able to explore these ideas with you is fucking awesome. So Hell yeah. uh, what was some of the other cryptid experiences you had? Now I'm just curious. Yeah, so um, I also had a different kind of cryptid experience that wasn't like the typical, I don't know, like I guess when we usually think cryptids, most people think like Bigfoot or like Yeti or like those kind of whatever. Chupacabra, Wendigo, all that, yeah. Yeah, and so, um, and actually like I kind of want to, we'll circle back around, but I want to get your take on Chupacabra stuff because on our chat the last time you kind of mentioned it a little bit and then we never got to talk about it. (laughs) So we'll we'll circle back, but... Got it. So there was another path. It's just so weird because like my partner and I, we just get called to like these weird sections of the forest. And I think we're just answering a call of like something like luring us there most of the time. And we're just like, fuck it, whatever. Like if we die, we die. You know, at least we died doing something fucking cool. Um, But so we were walking through this like weird little section of forest. And like there was all these um, signs that said, keep out poison oak like it's everywhere kind of deal to kind of like deter some of like the muggles i like to i call like you know the very 3d people i call them muggles yeah um which i don't know if that's (laughs) derogatory but fuck it whatever that's what christopher Um, the astro medium and i call him too we both okay cool yeah (laughs) um so anyways um we're we're just like we look at each other we're like should we go in he's like yeah we should go in like usually when there's signs like this that means like that's where all the cool shit is yeah. and so like anytime there's like a do not go there sign my partner's like we're going in like let's go i'm like all right all right that's your so welcome mat yeah basically yeah and so um we're walking up and we're just like you know being careful of the poison oak whatever and so we're walking up and i'm getting like all these weird like um I don't want to say like, it's really hard to explain, like almost not like tiki, but kind of like old, like Mayan kind of like 
with a twist of like old um ancient like um I don't know it was just like a very like ancient feeling and so I'm like interesting okay and so we're walking and I like I get this feeling all of a sudden that I'm supposed to just like hang on to my partner because I, we can both feel something watching us and we're like looking around to see if there's like an animal, whatever. And he's like, okay, there's something watching us. I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, there's actually two beings watching us. There's like one that's kind of a little more has better intentions. And there's one that has maybe a little more mischievous intentions. And I, and so like, I got this feeling to just like hang on to him. And so as we're walking through the forest, I'm kind of just like tuning in and not paying attention to the surroundings. And he's kind of like, he's kind of like the more grounded one when we're walking in the forest and like paying attention to shit. And I'm just, I'm in la la land. Like, I'm just like tuning in, like, like, all right, whatever wants to come to me, like, I want to see this shit. And so like, I'm just like there hanging on to him, tuning in, seeing what's going to come up. And all of a sudden I get this, like this vision of this being with, um, almost like this ancient, like kind of wooden tiki mask and um it almost reminded me of you know crash bandicoot the, yeah. the video game you know yeah. his little uh what's his little buddy called Aku Aku or something like that yes but i, I visualize i'm not accurate on the name but i know who you're talking about yeah yeah and so i was getting like the vision of like that mask and then i was getting um another one and so i was like okay so i'm kind of like getting the visualization of like what these beings look like in their kind of earthly physical form and so um i we were walking i didn't say anything to him i'm just taking stuff in and then all of a sudden we're like turning around and he gets stung by something and we look around and he's like i was like maybe it was like stinging nettle because there's like no bugs there and whatever and so his theory is that he got hit by like kind of like a, a blow dart or something oh shit. and um kind of like an energetic one not like yeah. a, a physical and so he, it was interesting that he said that because I hadn't shared any of the things about the mask or anything with him yet. And like, I, I intentionally don't really share like a lot of detail with him because I want to see if like our experiences kind of line up. Um, and so we're walking, whatever. And then all of a sudden he's like, holy shit, do you see that over there? And I, like, I looked really quick and I didn't physically see it. Like he more physically sees stuff and I like more internally see stuff, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's like and the so, predator, how it can see an infrared and then it switches the camera, it can see inside of you, but you guys together have this amazing set of optics between you. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I'm like, no, what? He's like, it looked like a guy in a mask. And I was like, no fucking Holy way. Shit. No fucking way. And he was like, yeah. I was like, that's fucking crazy because the whole time while I was walking, like, and I just explained to him everything that I was seeing, he's like, He's like, okay, so we definitely saw the same thing. And he's like, we need to come back here and like explore more. <laughs> um, so but it was just cool. like too buggy. There's like a bunch of mosquitoes and stuff, but we didn't have like bug spray or anything. So we kind of like cut that walk short, but that was kind of like my other little cryptidy experience. I love it. I was looking at uh, masked cryptids when you were talking about this here, and it looks like the Flatwoods monster uh, uh -huh. is one that kind of looks like it's wearing a mask. Also in the Pacific Northwest, there is... Uh -huh. Interesting. Uh, crawling with cryptids, not just Bigfoot, and here's how others... Yeah, and so there's some interesting cryptids in the Pacific Northwest that, that pulled up when you were talking about this. But one of the things also that you were saying is that um, you, you know, the barriers to knowledge, and I love this. I had uh, Jenny Rivers on the show, which you've got to have her on. And uh, something she said on there was the... Um, 
was that, you know, um, taboos are the barriers to knowledge, right? And so Mm -hmm. taboos in our society, all that stuff. And the example she used was like in the woods, you know, on the outside of the woods is where the fleas and the stinging nettles and the poison oak and all that shit are. But once you get into the inside, if you're willing to pass that barrier and make it through that and not see that as a deterrent, then um, that's where the magic happens. And, you know, this is metaphorical, but also literal. You know, you can literally feel that way. And I love what you said about feeling ancient in that part of the that section of the woods that you guys were in, because that's how I, you know, walk around when I'm in nature. It, I'm sure this does this for you, too. You tap into something ancient because it's like yeah. the only thing separating you and the ancient people is number one time, of course, or time. And then also the fact that you're wearing like keens and a sports bra where they had right. like a feather and, you know, sandals made of like some animal they just killed or something. You know what I mean? That's right. really the only difference. And like that location hasn't really changed much energetically and all that. So you're kind of sharing that space and that reverence for nature with them in the same time that you have now, but it's from yeah. a past energetic expression, which is, again, fucking mind-boggling and fascinating. It's so cool. So <laughs> fucking cool. So I dig this. And then also I'm thinking, you know, the Tiki Mass, I mean, you're that far in the Pacific Northwest. You know, you're up there in Oregon. I mean, perhaps some Polynesians, of course, probably settled mm-hmm. over here. You get, like, the Tiki influence from the Polynesian Islands as well as, you yeah. know, Hawaii and all that, which is just a big extension, a big neighborhood in a huge spread-out area called the Pacific Ocean. And so those influences absolutely made it that way. And so it's just so interesting that you tapped into that many energetic signatures that are completely historically plausible. I mean, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And um, there was, um, I'm trying to remember, there was another, I guess it wasn't cryptid. It was more like troll, but cool. I had a really interesting troll experience, like right before that, um, where you asked about like the Oz effect, um, it was on that same trip. But we were walking down this part of the path, and um, there was, like, this log there. And my, and my boyfriend was like, hey, like, just make sure you duck, because there's, like, a log. Like, don't hit your head. And I was like, of course I'm going to duck. Like, I see the log there. Like, why do you think, like, do you think I'm an idiot? And then all of a sudden, I fucking whacked my head. And right before that, I had, um, I, I had put a crystal in the ground, and I had asked the universe. I'm like, okay, I want you to just, like, clear whatever's, like, blocking me and all of a sudden I just whacked my head so fucking hard like it was just like an egg like and he saw like when I get hurt I get angry I don't know if anybody else gets like that and so like I wasn't angry at him but I was just like he's like are you okay I was like please just don't talk to me right now I just I just need to breathe (laughs) and I don't want to be mean to you so just just let me have this second to myself yep yep (laughs) and so I was just like, I don't understand how I just whacked the fuck out of my head after you just told me, like, don't whack your head. And so, like, then after that, like, something was fucking me with me while I was walking. And, like, um, I had this garnet in my pocket. And, like, it just all of a sudden fell out of my pocket and into this little hole in the ground. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. It wants to be here. I'm just going to give it back to the earth. And my partner was like, no, you need to take that back. I was like, why? And he was like, something's fucking with you. And it just stole your damn garnet. Like, take it back. It's trying to like connect to your energy i was like okay fine and so like he like dug in the ground and like finally found it and got it back and just like all this weird stuff and his dog was like acting weird in that section of the it was just so weird like that whole trip was just like so many fucking weird things that's crazy all at once (laughs) so it was like some sort of trickster god or some troll or something like that it was something yeah something was uh 
was uh, fucking with me. And I have this theory that um, there's certain, because I have a really deep connection to the Fae. And so um, I think there's certain, like, there's different, like, I don't want to call them tribes, but different kind of, like, uh, versions or tribes of, like, Fae people. Yeah. And um, I think the, the, the tribe or the sector of Fae people that I resonate with maybe is kind of, like, at odds with, the section that we were in and they were just like, Oh, you're not fucking welcome here. Cause they, they left him alone. Like they didn't fuck with him. They just fucked with me. And so I was like, there's some, there's some shady shit going on around here. I don't know. Yeah. It's like some rap battle, the East coast, West coast, Faye versus troll kind of thing going on. Yeah. You know what I mean, you were yeah. just wearing the wrong color that day when you walked through that, air, that hood Something. of the woods and they just didn't care for it. <laughs> yeah. They weren't uh, into it. So interesting. So why do you feel, why do you say that you have a connection with the Faye? I mean, I've kind of been drawn to them and uh, drawn to connecting with them since I was like 12 or 13. And I know like, you know, people like when they're 12 or 13, like, oh, fairy tales, whatever. But it was like, um, that's when I started getting into um, Doreen Virtue, which I don't follow any of her stuff now because she kind of flip flopped back into Christianity. But um, when she was kind of more tapped into this stuff, she... um, she wrote a lot of books about like fairies and kind of fae folk and like angels and stuff. And that's how I got into spirituality. And so I was very drawn to fairies and, um, I read a lot about them and just, I've always had this really deep calling and like draw to them. And so I've always just spent a lot of time like in nature, like intentionally connecting with the fae folk and, um, yeah. And it's, it's funny because like, pretty much my whole life people have either called me like they're like you look like a fairy or like like one of my friends she calls me tink and it was like before she, like tinkerbell and it was like before like she knew i was like into fairies and like weird spiritual shit she's like you know you look like tinkerbell and i was like thanks everyone says i look like a fairy and like i even have the little like uh sticky outy like fairy oh, elf ears. yeah you do but they're <laughs> yeah. awesome you know yeah so um was that yeah. something you were a little self-conscious of earlier and then finally were just like, it's part of me? Yeah, yeah. When I was younger. about their ears. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. When I was younger, I was very self-conscious. And now I'm like, yeah, I'm a fucking fairy. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> it's part of it. <laughs> That's amazing. And yeah, I, yeah. I can totally see that. And it's your vibe, it's your energy. So there's something yeah. like whimsical and magical about you. I mean, and I've done this about you since we met, but I completely agree. Um, I, I love things like the Fae and you know uh, somebody else really into that is Amy Belair she's huge Ooh. into the Fae she's super yeah. connects and again I, I need to connect you with her um, really this is just going to be a conversation about a bunch of emails that I'm going to send you with a bunch of people <laughs> uh, so uh, Chupacabra <clears throat> yes so it's funny because I was actually going to just say that I was I was like he read my mind <laughs> we're in this I mean this is we're, we're synced up darling um, Chupacabra is an interesting one uh, could it be mangy coyotes absolutely um, could it be something more than that uh, also absolutely could it be some ancient creature that you know there's so much room on this place people think number one we're overpopulated psyop uh, that's to yeah. breed scarcity to tell people or attempt to convince people that there's not enough for everybody and that's why we have wars that's why you need to be scared and blah 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 Yes. So the idea that these things can't hide um, is silly to me. I mean, it's it's laughable just like anything else, right? And so, you know, could it be that? Sure. I mean, why not? But also, um, this shit could be hiding because I've been to uh, Oregon. I've been to Washington State, and I've walked around in those in those woods. And they say, well, you know, I mean, how could anything hide in there? If you've been there, then you know how things can hide in there. Just driving yeah. through it, the terrain, just... And if that's something that that particular animal, that environment has been surviving in for that long, then hell yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Bigfoot, in my mind, just like the chubacabra, 
kind of uh, tiptoes into this other side of it. So it's one of these ideas to where like in what we talked about on your episode, which guys check the episode out. It's LinkedIn collaborations. In fact, I'll just link it at the bottom of this video, a direct link to your um, uh, conversation that we had on your show. And it's whenever you were talking about the different, you really tripped me out with this, by the way, it's, it's a beautiful rabbit hole that you sent me on. And so now you zoomed me out another level with your idea and your idea had to do with flat earth and the way that we view things from our perspective, 2d, 3d, 4d, 5d, whatever. So mm-hmm. if you don't mind, uh, I am going to continue on this thought, but do you yeah. mind going over that with everybody? Cause it'll make yeah. more sense here in a minute. Yeah, of course. So, um, kind of what we talked about was like, so there's the idea of flat earth, there's the idea of like the heliocentric model, and then there's all these other expansive kind of ideas of what this place is and what its form is and all these things. And so what I believe is, you know, the flat earthers are only seeing it from a 2d perspective. And so that's the vibration they're in. And so you're going to view the earth through whatever vibrational lens that you you're at. So if you're at a 2D level, you're going to see that the earth is flat and that it's this this floating disk, you know, with sides and a dome or however you want to explain it. And if you're vibrating at the 3D, you're going to see it as this round sphere, as this heliocentric model that we've all been told that it is. And so, I mean, that's what the 3D is. The 3D is following along the narrative that we've been told that it is right and so that's the 3d and then when you go into like 40 you're or 5d it's like okay well maybe it's like a, a big cell or it's like a crater or it's like all these other things and so as you expand up into these different vibrational frequencies and these different vibrational lenses your perception of the earth changes with that and so it's kind of like um for example like if i'm standing in the woods right and i'm standing with somebody that you know, has a 2D perspective versus a 3D versus, you know, whatever perspective I have, um, that same occurrence of that smell in the woods, right? Like the 2D is probably not even going to smell it. They're just, they're just going to be like, oh, like this is the forest, whatever. We're just walking in the woods. And then the 3D is going to be like, oh, it's probably just a bear or, you know, someone stepped in shit. And then the 45D perspective, it's going to be like, oh, fucking cryptids. Like this is like, you know, and so, and then from all the other perspectives, like you're going to be standing in the same place of the forest, but you're going to be seeing it a lot differently than all of the other people there at these different perspectives. And so as we shift into these different perspectives, you're able to shift into different realms or different parts of this place right because it's like as you expand your um your vibration you're also expanding your perception and what you're able to perceive you know physically and so um kind of like what we talked about with the like antarctica ice wall thing it's like that's kind of like a portal or a, like a, a realm or almost like i think you use the term as like um you said there's like an energetic bouncer or like a energetic shock collar yeah right yeah so it's like if you're at the 2d level like there's the shock collar on you that like doesn't allow you to see the 3d and so if you're at the 3d level there's a shock collar that doesn't allow you to see the 4d and so until you graduate energetically to that level you're not going to be able to see these other expansive realms because you're not vibrating at their same frequency and so that's kind of it's, yeah, I think that was kind of the gist of it, right? I love it. it you're just your mind is one of my favorite minds uh, in this place ever, just because of <laughs> your observation of this, because it tied so many damn things together for me. Because it was the missing link between the flat Earth with the dome model, with the isolated yeah. like you can't go anywhere else, and the flat Earth that I enjoy talking about, which just conceptually, like I don't know, obviously, but 
yeah. conceptually what the the part I dig about the idea of it not being a heliocentric model was this idea of an expansive realm that goes everywhere or that yeah maybe there's like an energetic shock collar here um, and you know there's like this barrier for us but really you can go there like you can either mm-hmm. ascend or you can gain more awareness or when you die maybe if you've done this right a certain amount of times if that's the way this works then whatever yeah uh, there's something cool about reincarnation I want to run over with you as well that uh, I was talking to yeah. somebody about so uh, one of the things about the shock collars too is it's, it's like it's very um, you know yeah it was a quick one off that I said and we moved on from it but now after thinking about that because I've thought a lot about this perce- your perception on this and then yeah. you know kind of what we were talking about it and so if you can think about a shock collar well eventually like a shock collar has batteries in it and yes when you cross a barrier where you're not supposed to go even ideologically I would call the shock collar now I would I would label that resistance right and so yes. Whenever you want to energetically move into a new space, you're bombarded with resistance. And it's just to see if you're going to turn around or if you're going to keep going through the discomfort until the battery on your shock collar runs out, right? If you're just going to be shocked continuously with this new knowledge <laughs> and with this new information until the battery finally runs out and you're like, oh, thank God. You know what I mean? And now it's no longer yeah. affecting you in a way that it was designed to, which right. is to kind of keep you in that state un but encourages you to figure it out. And I think that's why we're born with like this much more curiosity than fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it's it's like, that's enough, right? So when looking at this, we'll bring Chupacabra and all cryptids actually back into this, but the Chupacabra specifically for the example, when thinking about it through the model that you just explained, that mm-hmm. means now in my mind that there are different versions of the same exact creature, right? Yes. So if you yep. think about like our energy and I had this guy on again, you've got to have this dude on it. I'm going to note it. Don't worry about it. But he wrote, uh, well, he's a representation for a guy named Michel uh, Demarquet, who's this um, French dude. Um, he wrote this and it was abducted when he was in Australia, but then... Samuel Chong, who I had on the other day, it's not out yet, but it will be out soon. Uh, he kind of followed this dude. He met him in Vietnam because of a picture. Like the story is incredible, but why I'm bringing it up is because even in this, um, there are there are versions of this to where in in here, and they also talk about the energetic body. And mm-hmm. so the energetic body, of course, I mean, there's different descriptions for it. But basically, you have nine different versions of you that make up you. You know, like this is just a physical body that's in this place, but you're inhabited by a spirit that possesses different levels of connection to source or different parts of itself, like a Matryoshka doll, right? So you just stack these things on each other. And we're at like our most reduced in the 3D in this physical world, right? Yeah. As the idea goes. And so you have like, you know, your psychophysic body or astro psychic body. Like there's a bunch in here that whenever they laid it out, it's just like, oh my God, this is so cool. And it's just a cool new way to look at it. And so you also have like your astral body which ties back into contact which is a fascinating thing in itself so what i mean by this is perhaps what we're seeing is the same entity at different levels of our perception right yes and so it's like the same thing but it's also like um you know people who can see negative entities attached to other people well maybe that's just another higher version of their higher body that looks that way for some reason you know what i mean so mm-hmm. with chupacabra specifically, when it appears in the physical, again, I think just like the earth, just like your example, uh, again, you've just really inspired me to think of everything differently, which I love. Um, just like your example, perhaps what they're seeing is, yeah, to some people in the 2D, it's going to be a coyote uh, or they never see it at all because it's not even supposed to register with you that anything extra is here. Yeah. Because every time it does register with you that way, 
there's your government agent or resistance or internet article that says that all oh, those people are ridiculous and they're you know backwoods hillbillies or whatever and so you believe that and so therefore you just don't come up with it as a choice point right in your mm-hmm. exi- in your existence but some people will see a coyote and be like yeah, yeah it's a coyote with mange it's just I mean there's pictures of them all over the internet and it's just a mangy coyote and that's what it is right but there's also some pretty extraordinary things. And from the people that find them, they're never people who are like, oh, you know, I've never heard of this before. I never looked. They've been like, dude, I've been hunting for this thing for years. And so finally, they manifest an experience in their reality of which they expected to see, which is one of these creatures. You know, they're setting up, you know, anytime I see like a game cam shot of one of these things, I'm like, yeah, I mean, some people set those up for hunting, but these people, if you follow those stories, they'll be like, yeah, I just heard some mysterious noises. And so I wanted to put a camera up and this is what I caught. And so they were already an inkling, like they weren't expecting yeah. a deer or any, or even a coyote with mange or whatever. And then they, they found out this. And so it shifts their perception. And that is their gateway into a higher level of perception, which is something simple like that. So perhaps what we're seeing with all these cryptids is basically just different energetic levels, again, based on our perception that are there all the time, but they're viewed at different things. This is also perhaps even this example on a microcosm would explain why we view things differently. Even like eyewitness reports report completely different things. That's why they're mm-hmm. the most unreliable in, in court cases. Yep. So that's just what I was thinking with it. I mean, there's some fascinating stories. Nick Redfern, who's a phenomenal author, he's written like a million books um, on everything that we love. Uh, he uh, wrote an awesome book on, on the Chupacabra and he actually... Uh, went out and visited some people that allegedly caught one and immediately was just like coyote. You know what I mean? He still Mm. believes it, but he was like, that's not this. So anyway, it's just this interesting uh, thing that I was thinking about based on that. And so then that would, that would call into, you know, it'd be a new lens to view faith through. It'd be a new, and perhaps Mm -hmm. they're not even energetic in this level. It's kind of like whenever you expand your perception and you're able to look at things, not with different physical eyes, but different mental eyes, then they will present themselves to you physically in a new way. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty badass. And I, I really like that you applied that theory to just like seeing like the chupacabra, like Okay, it doesn't register here, but now it registers a, like a coyote, and now it's like a fucking chupacabra, and I feel like that's just kind of um, that's just how like the world works, you yeah. know? It's like it registers to your level of awareness, and yes. so like it's almost like um, it's interesting because I had kind of this aversion to like simulation theory, right? Mm-hmm. And where like this place is just a simulation and blah blah blah, and I think I had an aversion to it because I've always seen it explained through the lens of like AI, which I think is very synthetic. But if you think about it in this way of like, based off of your vibration, the earth renders itself in accordance to that, then I guess it could technically be considered a simulation mm-hmm. to but more of like an organic simulation versus like a synthetic does that make sense 100 percent. i love this part of that conversation because that's how i look at it too it's more of an organic simulation mark steves talks yeah. about this him and i had a great conversation about this and it's one of these things to where like even at, at a certain level and i've talked about this for quite a while in the show that even like science whenever science really came up with i think there's a few damning things in science as far as uh, consensus reality go of course the double slit experiment is the massive one the placebo effect but then Mm -hmm. also when they started uh, detecting and passing around papers saying that they detected and therefore peer-reviewed by others to detect as well and 
underlining algorithm for this place, like a mathematical algorithm. And so, you know, spirituality has kind of been on this unity consciousness vibe for quite a while. Like it's old hat. Like we're just like, yeah, yeah, we're all one, all that. But science kind of now says, you know what, Um, perhaps, you know, it is all part of some massive system that is called a simulation because we're still science guys. So we need the ones and zeros. We need it to be binary. But at a level also, it's this. So also at a level... You know, all consciousness just become all technology rather just becomes consciousness at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And so if that's the case, it can then be filtered down and distributed from that level of consciousness to appear as whatever the person expects. And this comes back to that reticular activating system that we talked about, that yeah. filter in your mind that only shows you what you believe in and what you see. Other things are just gone from your vision. You know, it's just the same thing of a blue Tesla is one of the most common examples. You go to buy a blue Tesla, you're going to buy it next week. You have your appointment and everything. You didn't, you know, see that many. You saw a couple of a ad one time or something. And then, but now in your physical reality, you see blue Teslas fucking everywhere where they weren't. Yep noticeable to you there before. So then that's a great question, right? Pat Mahan asked this question. He said, so then therefore it's like, were they always there and you didn't notice them? Or did you create manifest them by introducing them as some, a main focus in your environment? Yeah. I think it's both. I think it's both too. Yeah. I think it's both. I think they don't have to be mutually exclusive. I agree. And And I think that's, I think that's like just a lesson in general of this like plane of existence like people think like well if it's this way then it can't be this way but i think well why can't it be both why can't it be all of it you know and um i think that's kind of like shifted my perception on how i look at stuff because um like a lot of lessons that i've been learning personally have been like how to hold the flip side of what you're asking for because we live in this very dualistic realm and we we chose to come here you know to help kind of like learn duality right like otherwise why are we in earth school and so um i think that the universe will give you the flip side of what you're asking for to see if you can actually hold the thing that you're asking for does that make sense so for for example um, i'm just going to use this as like an example so for my business if i'm asking for 10k months right and I'm not able to hold the flip side of what 10 K months looks like. And that's like fucking nothing in my bank account. If I can't hold that with like grace and gratitude and I'm always worried and I'm always like, you know, um, stressed out with nothing, then how am I going to act when I have this 10 K in my bank account? Because, you know, once you have that more money, like there's more responsibilities and there's other more things that go along with that 10 K. It's not just you holding the 10 K it's like, okay, well now I have a lot more clients that I need to like work through. And that means that I have more people in my inbox and in, you know, in Instagram and just whatever. And so it's like the universe is like, okay, you're asking for this, but can you actually hold the energy of that? So I'm going to test you and give you the reverse, the polar opposite of what you're asking for and see how you hold that. And if you can hold that, you know, gracefully, then I'll give you what you're asking for because they're the same thing. They're just inverse. Yeah. Right. And so that's the lesson that I've been holding for some time now. (laughs) And so I'm finally getting it and I'm like, okay, I need to share this with people because the universe has been like hitting me on my head for quite some time. Like, all right, I think I'm, I think I'm like getting this and it's kind of cool. You know why it's been hitting your, on your head so much. And I'm so glad you brought this up. This is absolutely on par and I'm completely in alignment with you. Um, you're absolutely right with this. And this is one of the hard or one of the most challenging, I guess, observations to get to, because when you start learning about manifestation or anything, they just talk about, Oh, your vibration, vibration, vibration. 
right. and not being too attached. And these are the higher concepts that you, you've introduced here that then, yeah, transcend those, transcend those rather. But it is something that's so crucial that it's the it's like your final boss level whenever you really get to that level because it's nothing out there that you're battling. It's right here. And that's yes. why the Thought Ninja was so crucial for me at the time. And it's so interesting that it, we definitely, you and I, went uh, experienced this together, this level up together um, in the same way. And I know, uh, I mean, so don't feel like it's just me and you, uh, because I've talked to so yeah. many people recently that have felt this way and um, people you and I absolutely look up to and love and respect. And we're all kind of feeling this, but this is like the time we're primed. And it is this like, you have to know the opposite to know what you are. And this idea that you just said about the, philo- I've been really observing the philosophical concept of this either or, and this is an old philosophical concept of this either or that you, it's this or that. And um, I've been shattering that just like you for mm-hmm. a long time now. And it's been one of the most exciting, I guess, concepts ideologically that I've been um, undertaking just simply because it is, it's. I learned the word dichotomy from Neil Donald Walsh in his book, uh, Conversations with God. And when he explained it, it's, you know, the word dichotomy just literally means it's just the when two opposite points of view can exist in the same place at the same time. It's the old adage of people standing on one side of a six and the other one seeing a nine and them arguing about it and then yeah. arguing that the other person doesn't see it. It's exactly they're both right, but they're also both right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's that idea of this. Um, and, and I agree with you also back to the duality. There's so many things I want to say to what you said. Uh, back to the duality thing. I think that that is here at the Earth School, which I love you put it that way, for us to ping between to find the balance of. And so that yes. we know that when you go extreme on this pendulum and then extreme on that pendulum, that there are certain advantages and disadvantages to that. But the real true grace and advantage is being able to navigate and swim between them unaffected by one or the other in one way or another. I know we like to be overly elated when wonderful things happen, but having more of the nonchalance with it, just like, yeah, absolutely. Just like you explained with the 10K, that was a perfect example because a lot of people... And you hear this all the time with people that win the lottery or something. They'll win the lottery. All of a sudden, two years later, they're filing for bankruptcy. It's like you had $400 million. That's more than anyone in your family could spend in a lifetime, but obviously not. And the reason is because when they get it, they go, (gasps) and they hold on to it. Have you ever seen that raccoon um, that takes his... cotton candy over to the water to wash it off because raccoons like will sometimes wash things have you ever seen this <laughs> no that's yeah. amazing though oh it's, it's sad and beautiful and hilarious <laughs> all at the same time because he takes it you know he's so proud of this little uh waft of cotton candy that he has and he runs over to the water and washes it off and the fucker you know of course it just dissolves right into nothing and so he's grabbing like looking for it like i just had it where to go oh my god what happened this is oh. what happens when you're too attached to things right yeah and so it's the exact example of the raccoon with the with the cotton candy. And so whenever you get that 10K, if you're just like, oh my God, and then it just goes, it goes whoop in water and it's gone just like that yeah. cotton candy. And so the same thing with these people and the uh, uh, lottery and all that stuff. They're not an energetic match to receive that. They mm-hmm. may have battled through the, and then the universe finally like, fine, here, take it. And it's yep. like, there you go. You didn't, you know, that that's, I guess, kind of how the universe looks at it. It's just like, well, there you go here. Well, there you go. Enjoy. And then they fuck it off, right? Or can't handle yeah. it. And so it's that being in alignment, but being very aware of that, that that's what it takes. I think, again, uh, wonderful, wonderful mind you have on you, because that's something that's incredibly inspiring and very, very accurate. Uh, I love the way you put that. So thank you. Yeah. And one of the things to kind of bounce off that too, is like sometimes how you get something isn't how you keep it. 
Right. Does that make sense? Right, and absolutely. so I think um, that's one of the things too with that. It's like, okay, well, I, I did this and I got in this alignment to get this $400 million. But now like everything that I was doing up until this point isn't going to work to sustain that and like potentially grow it. Or, you know what I mean? Like you have to have a different mindset from that level to the next. Yep. And um, another thing to kind of go off of that too um, was one thing that I'm learning is like how you do one thing is how you do everything. Yes. So yes. how you like hold how you hold money or how you hold on to scarcity or how you hold on to these different things is how you hold on to your time. It's how you hold on to your energy. It's how you do literally everything. So if you look at like how you spend your energy. Like, are you just giving it away to people? Like, are you just here, 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 here without like holding on to some of it for yourself? Or do you hoard your time? Do you hoard it? And you're just like, oh my God, there's not enough time. There's not enough this. If that's how you look at it, then that's probably how you look at money. That's probably how you look at like all all sorts of things within your life. And that's one thing that I really had to take a look at within myself was like, okay, so I'm always saying I don't have enough time. Well, that's probably also why I don't have enough money. That's probably why I also don't, you know, have enough X, Y, and Z because I have this mindset that there's just not enough. And so if I'm in this mindset of just not enough, then that's going to apply everywhere. And so it shows up and amplifies in one area. So you can take a look at it and be like, oh, I didn't even realize I was doing that, you know? Mm. And it's just kind of like this giant, like, mirror. (laughs) It's perfect. You're absolutely right. I mean, it's because it's threaded through everything and you'll find, Mm -hmm. and I know you found this when you're in those zones, you know, and you're just in it you're killing it. Everything is killing it. Like this morning. Thank you, by the way. Uh, we were half an hour later starting this than we would have before. And it's, I mean, I'm up at like five in the morning, you know, I'm not like uh, sleeping until noon, all that stuff, even though I could, if I wanted to, but I am up, I'm producing, I'm doing it. And it was all these just amazing things. And so I was just like, Hey, I need to just 30 more minutes. And you're like, that's perfect. So it was in alignment for both of us, but either way. So when it rains, it pours on either direction. But Mm -hmm. I think what's so interesting and to what you said about earth school as well, I think we're here to learn a handful of things. One, to remember who you truly are. Um, Number two, to kind of navigate through duality and learning that you don't need the either ors and that the extremes are placed here in such a way to make both of them unappealing, right? Because you can't have like your favorite food all the time. Like what's your favorite meal of all time? Like your go-to. I mean, I love like anything sweet, like pastries, like, okay. but I can't fucking eat pastries all the time. You can't, right. Even though it's like <laughs> your I'll get favorite. diabetes. Well, that, and then you, like, let's say that you were offered pastries all the time and that there was no negative ill effect to you health wise, right? And you right. could just eat that. You wouldn't desire it because there's no variety right. in it. And so you need, you know, this, even, even too much of a great thing is not good because you don't get yes. any perspective. It doesn't allow you what I also think you're here to achieve, which is balance. And man, balance mm-hmm. is been one of the name of the games that's been this has been my season of balance this is where i'm figuring out you know don't overexert in the show and don't over underexert over here and you know balancing like the ranch and the you know being an attentive lover to my beautiful wife like all of these things are very necessary and i think that's one major key component uh that we are here to discover and and you do that through this experience and the more like i'm at the point right now with everything to where i just see it like i get it and it it i thought i got it before and of course now what five weeks, a month, five years from now, I'll be like, oh, I didn't fucking know anything, which is great. Like, (laughs) I'm looking forward to that awareness because of the awareness I have now or where I'm at, where I feel now and the physical results it's producing in my reality is so incredible that I'm just like, yeah. I mean, even with though, this, this also comes with, you know, your down or your slower days or your days of rest or your days of, you know, non elation and excitement. Like that's, it's part of it, but it's, it's necessary to kind of enjoy and embrace that balance, I think. That's just the part I'm at now. And yeah. it feels fucking amazing. Like, I've never been yeah. happier, ever. 
I agree 1000% and balance is one of those things that I'm kind of learning. I mean, it's one of those things where it's like, I thought I got it. And then I'm like, now I don't. (laughs) So now we're like readjusting, but it's one of, and I've noticed it because, you know, before I moved out to Oregon to live with my partner, you know, I was just kind of doing my own thing. And so like I was pouring so much into my business and, you know, pouring so much into like creating community and like, you know, just having chats with like people on Instagram and all these wonderful things and just connecting. But then once, you know, I have a partner, I'm realizing, okay, my life is very out of balance. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) now it's like wreaking havoc on my relationship. And just, it's like, okay, now let's find the balance. So then I'm not spending all my time fucking in my business and ignoring my partner, you know? And so it's like, okay, now we have to course adjust. And, um, another thing to go along with balance that you kind of brought up was like vibration. Mm. And I think people get only have like a very limited perspective on vibration. People think like, you know, your feelings and all these things are what contribute to your vibration, like, you know, who you're being and all these kinds of things. But what we don't understand is that our vibration is like 90% our subconscious. So like what we're programmed (laughs) into, you know, and what we like shove down below the surface and don't want to look at. And so one of the things that like, as I was going through my spiritual, you know, kind of awakening, it's just like this one long process from, you know, the first point that I awakened till now, like I'm always awakening to new shit and it like never fucking stops. (laughs) Um, but one of the things is like, um, people have this idea that like, okay, if I just like think positive thoughts, it's going to raise my vibration. And that was like kind of the level that I was at at one point. And I was like, okay, I'm thinking all these positive thoughts and I'm like, you know, plastering over everything, like all these like depressed feelings that I'm having. I'm just slapping on, you know, be happy and think better thoughts. And it's like, yeah, that doesn't work. (laughs) Like that doesn't always work. And so one of the things um, that I've learned about vibration is you have to be aware of like what your subconscious programming is and um, connecting deep within that in order to reprogram. Right. And, and um, shadow work has been one of the most invaluable tools that I've had on my experience like in this journey because it helps you really get an honest deep understanding of what your vibration actually is not what you think it is right like because before I was like oh my vibration is love and like acceptance but then underneath the surface there's like all this judgment and shame and I'm like where the fuck did that come from (laughs) and it's like I like to use this image of like think of like a glass container and like there's a bunch of like rocks and like sediment here, but then all this water up here is all clear. But if you shake it up, all that rock is all throughout the whole thing. And you're like, holy shit. Like, why is everything such a mess now? Like everything was perfectly fine. And it's like, because you weren't aware that all these rocks were just like sitting at the bottom. And so shadow work brings that all to the awareness. So you can actually like integrate it and clear it out and it's like you dissolve those rocks into the water so they become one does that make sense 100 percent. i love this analogy yeah and i think so what's happening a lot um, especially right now is like a lot of people are being very activated because you know especially if you're on a spiritual path you're like i've done so much work i've done so much healing like i'm good like i'm 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 on this track and so that's where the rocks are sitting at the bottom and then all of a sudden like there will be like a situation or something that just like triggers that and now everything's shaken up you're like what the fuck is happening and then you're just like okay like 
cool. But like, these are all like activations to, to bring it to our awareness that, okay, you have done this work and you have, you know, gotten to this next level, but you know, there's still all this other stuff. So don't get too comfortable where you're at. Like enjoy your life, you know, have fun, but also there's this stuff here that you're going to have to clear out in order to get to the next level. And so I think, um, a lot of people are going through that right now where it's like, okay, I got to this certain level and, you know, I'm doing great and everything's in alignment and everything's going and I'm killing it. And then all of a sudden, like shit gets shaken up and like you're crying and you're like angry at everyone and you're like, where is this coming from? And then it's because the universe is like, you know, and all these fucking rocks are coming up. And so I think that's collectively what's happening because you said you ha- recently had like a big level oh, up yeah. too. Yeah. And that was like kind of what I went through. And as I'm talking, talking to a lot of other people too, I'm, they're, they're going through very similar things. And so I think this is just the next step in this collective kind of, um, collective shadow work, I guess. Yeah. And this is how you know you're on the right or you're on a path in alignment because the people I love and respect like yourself, uh, several, I'm not going to mention, you know, uh, but several people and very predominant people and when we experience something like this together, that's one of the best indicators yeah. to me. So it's either that you really do have the energetic control over everything. So I've also thought this quite a bit, like the hundredth monkey thing is only simply because you thought of it, not because someone else thought of it and then you had the idea. No, you, Taylor, are actually running every energy here and it's responding to you. And so mm-hmm. what you do, and this is where the mirror concept comes from. Yeah. Um, but I loved your idea of the shaking things up. Um, I, I really dig it because when you were talking Talking about it, I was visualing. I love the rocks analogy, but I was visualing like a snow globe. But yeah. instead of it being like beautiful glitter and all that stuff, it's little like glitter turds. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so when you shake it, it's all little smiley face poop emojis, just a shit storm, <laughs> right? Literally. Yeah. And but I love that analogy because that's what it feels like. It's and uh, to what you said about shadow work, the way that I kind of look at it is, it's like you can walk through life with a in it. Like let's say that you're walking through life, which is a cave. So a lot of it's unseen by you. You know, like yeah. maybe you can turn around and kind of see an older version of yourself kind of experiencing a dark part as well, but it's very faint and you can't really recall and accurately remember the details. And that's kind of how it is interpreting a memory and bringing it to our now. So that's really all you're doing, right? You're only mm-hmm. interpreting things from your perspective now about what happened, not actually remembering them as they were. That's why your memories right. change. And so also though, it's like uh, whenever you get into a spiritual path or something like that, basically you're handed a better flashlight. You know what I mean? And so mm-hmm. now all those things that kind of you can hear in the cave around you and the little things that do happen when an earthquake happens or something gets shook up, like you can feel all of this and you're interacting with it. But, you know, what you get with shadow work and with spirituality is you get a much better flashlight. So you're able to kind of see and shine, but you need to look around and identify instead of go, oh, I'm just going to get through this as fast as I can and keep my head down until I die and just work my job and whatever. Yes, dear, that's fine. Whatever the kids want to do, all that kind of thing. And so you get in like this mode of just head blinders. I just, I don't want to see, you know, monkey see, monkey do and just run through it. But with spirituality, you're like, oh God, there's like gems and emeralds all around and there's like beautiful things to discover. And oh, cool. Here's a path that we can go down and take that I wouldn't have seen had I not been granted this amazing flashlight. And so this is where you like shine light on all that stuff. And you're like, okay, uh, you're no longer welcome. There's a chupacabra in the corner and, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. And this is what it feels like. But these big level ups like that, it has to be that way. Because yes, just mm-hmm. like you explained, which is a beautiful analogy. Again, I'll be using that. And it's perfect. Uh, it, it, it muddies the water. And it's just like, 
spelunking in a cave. You know, one flip of your fin and now you're blind. And that's how people die in these caves and stuff like that because the silt all gets kicked up. And then now that's where it is. And it's a beautiful metaphor to explain this process. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, Yeah, you're welcome. And um, there was something else that you had said that I wanted to... um, touch on but I kind of forgot so we go through it so totally much. slipped my <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> it totally slipped my mind um, if it comes oh, back let me know yeah okay so there was one thing that I wanted this actually was from like earlier but um, we were talking about like the fey people and like kind of like these other realms and like underground and like you see things how you know your perception your vibration allows you to see things and so um, one of the things that I've kind of been realizing, and there's like all sorts of weird shit with Disney. Like we know there's like some yeah. fuck shit going on and whatever. But I also kind of think that there's a lot of disclosure in Disney movies. Interesting. And um, the reason that I say this is because after, you know, this um, like tree thing, this that like tree vent, whatever you want to call it, experience. Um, and then a lot of things have been coming up with like the Fey people and things like that. And then all of a sudden I got kind of like this calling to watch Maleficent yesterday with my partner and um there was just these weird synchronicities that like uh in maleficent there was these like underground tunnels um where maleficent went to like be uh cared for she got like shot and then this creature like took her down to these underground tunnels to like nurse her back to health and whatever. And then she discovered that there's like this whole inner earth of like these fey people. And they're like, well, we came here because we were shoved out by the humans. And, you know, um, now we exist here because we want to survive and we don't want them to kill us kind of thing. And so it was just kind of like this like synchronicity for me because I was like, huh, maybe that's kind of what that tree portal was. It was like a portal into like this inner earth. And, um, you know, just the way that they kind of like describe some of the things. And there's like these weird themes in that movie where Maleficent is like, you know, in Sleeping Beauty, she's the villain, right? And like how the story goes, she's the villain, she's the evil witch. But in Maleficent, it takes a different perspective where um, it's like, well, let's actually look at it from a different lens. Maybe the, you know, the, the queen and the king or, you know, the evil people and not the king, but like the queen is like the evil one and Maleficent is actually just kind of like doing her own thing. And so um, it takes this almost inverse of like, well, what if what we've taught is evil is actually the good guy? And so there's these like very like interesting like disclosures in like some of the Disney movies that I've been like, huh, this is interesting. Like I never and like I never would have recognized that prior like I watched this movie before and I never saw that and then now that I've been going through this different part of my spiritual journey I got called to watch it and now I saw it in a totally different way and so it was just like very um I don't know it's just very interesting yeah it's a hundred percent interesting I think it's so important that you pointed that out too because uh the inverse or the opposite is and we talked about this on your show that the Pleiadians mm-hmm. might be really the bad ones right yeah um but that the grays are really the good ones but they're we're so conditioned to judge that which looks so much other than ourselves and this is just brought up, right? Like nobody's racist when they're born, they're taught that. Nobody, you know, yeah. hates something else or whatever, they're taught that. I think you're born with two innate fears and that's the fear of heights and the or the fear of falling 
from a great height and then the fear of loud noises. Other than that, everything else is learned. Those two things are here to help you navigate this environment, but everything else is learned. So your idea that something that looks different from you is scary and bad and evil and awful, that is mm-hmm. a learned thing. And they do this through, I mean, Disney taught us that forever, right? The evil witch yeah. always looked horrible and they're always uh, ugly or whatever. But yeah, there's another side to this. And I love uh, another movie that uh, put this point in was the Captain Marvel movie, the mm-hmm. chick one. Okay, did you ever see that? I haven't seen that one. Okay. Well, then no spoilers here, but it also, whenever you watch it, it'll also Mm -hmm. make this point that I'm making now. Mm -hmm. And so one of the interesting things about this is, yes, you're right. It does seem like that it's out there in the open for us to kind of go, hey, uh, this may be really what's going on. And it's the opposite Mm -hmm. of that. But also what I love about this is it expands your perception to say, well, there's always two sides to every story. Like even the evil thing or whatever it is, is either here to teach you a lesson. It's here as part of you. You know, it's a higher version of yourself. It depends on which level you want to view this through. Right. Right. But either way, they have a story, too. You know, there's a reason that bullies are bullies. Right. And we've done this forever. It's bullies are actually the some of the saddest and most hard cases you know that that really are lashing out in this way because it's a cry for help it's not necessarily an affinity for violence or anything it's just a cry for help they don't know how to engage and interact with humans except in that way because again like you said everything you do if you do one thing that way you do it all that way so that's how their parents interact with them and so again it's like this it's this light that you're shining on the true personality if you can see it that way but Mm -hmm. man it takes this level of just exist and not judge you know what i mean that's a big one it's just let people fucking do their thing man you know and like don't give them shit about stuff because you don't know the full story you really don't this is well articulated in the book uh the four agreements by don miguel ruiz one of my favorite agreements right is uh the don't take anything personally and one of why it's one of my favorites it's because what we talked about earlier even super super complimentary people it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them and how their day's going. And if they got laid recently or, you know, any of these yeah. kind of things, it's like that disposition really had minimal to do with you. You just happen to be in their path when they're energetically feeling this way. The same is yes. true for people that go off on you or, you know, whatever. Right. So honestly, I mean, that's how you detach. And then the next level of that would be just kind of see it for what it is and really look at it with an open heart. Right. I mean, that's that's really what this is. And again, I, I think that that's definitely something that we're here to learn. Yeah. Um, uh, you said something about, what was it? Remember, remember. Oh, okay. Another, uh, um, apprehension, I guess, of narratives would be the Medusa story. Have you ever heard this? Uh, Mira Taylor talked to me about this. Have you, do you know the real story of Medusa? Um, I'm not sure. So allegedly she was way, she was a smoke show, way hotter than Minerva, right? Yeah. And um, she went to the, and, but rumors of her, like the, of people just talking about her, like, dude, she's an absolute smoke show. Like, oh my God, you know, this Medusa chick, amazing. And so mm-hmm. the word got back that she was hotter than Minerva to Minerva and Minerva mm-hmm. just hated this. And so she got just super queen jealous or whatever and actually punished and banned her just because of what other people said about her. Like, mm-hmm. because they said she was beautiful. Right. And yeah. so it's just like that wicked witch thing. Like whenever yes. it's the same reason they hid Cinderella, right? Because she was the smoke show. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Because they were yep. all these 100%. whatever. So it's the same kind of concept that the, the truth and the real beauty is hidden or deliberately I guess, uh, disguised from you for being able to see it for what it is. Uh, but it's out of this jealousy. It's out of this misappropriation. And so the whole story of Medusa actually is she wasn't evil. She was just punished. And so when you get her 
maleficent story, then you're like, oh, it's a very different thing, right? You look at it through a different light. And this is also why we talk about history and how fucked it is. It's because history is written by the victors. It's not written by the people that they came in and the peaceful people that they came in and slaughtered and all of that. You know, like if you read... Christopher Columbus's, um, I want to say it's a priest that traveled with him. He wrote a diary about all of their interactions. Horrific. What a fucking piece of shit. Like, Christopher yeah. Columbus is one of the worst things that have ever he's happened. He's fucking ever. terrible. And he brought syphilis to everybody. <laughs> yeah. He's out there raping people and shit and just killing people and what they did to, I mean, it's horrific. It's so it's like all of these things glorified. And again, I mean, this yeah. has been a hard thing for me. So it's like, not a hard, like difficult, but it's been a thing I've been very hard on is because like yeah. anytime they're like, Ooh, you should do this. I'm like, got it. I'll just do the opposite. Fantastic. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank you for the opposite instructions. It's been a wonderful way to really get some clarity on navigation because then it's just yeah. like, it's a way to calibrate your compass. Cause once you know, they're all full of shit, like anything NASA says, I'm just like lies. Got it. Uh, you know, <laughs> I mean, just, lie. I don't know what's going on, but I know it's not that, you know, cause mm-hmm. it's just, I'm not in the 3d. I don't look at it like this. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Just a quick comment on your analogy. I love what you said because 2d, 3d, 4d or anything above 3d spatially, it resembles what you would expect to view within that frame rate of your mm-hmm. vision. Right? So if you're looking at mm-hmm. things two dimensionally, it's flat, it's, it's got boundaries, right? You're very limited as far as your travel and navigation go. Same thing on the heliocentric model. Now you've taken this flat round thing that we live on and turned it into a sphere, which a 3d, a 3d rendering of it. But then if you can imagine like the fourth dimension, you know, being a, a level of time or whatever added to this, then now you can kind of look at it in a different way to where you're like, hang on, we're back to like a realm sort of thing, or maybe it could be both, but either way, mm-hmm. it kind of mimics even the literal description of the, I guess, perception that you're in or the dimension that you're in, which I find very interesting. Yeah, that is really interesting. And actually, okay, so before I forget, because I have very ADHD brain. Yeah, you're good. um, I wanted to touch on something because you brought up the Medusa thing. And it's really interesting because I've been getting all of this like serpent uh, synchronicities. And so um, when I was trying to do some research on like what this tree thing could be, right, I came across um, something called, I think it's called like dragon layer or serpent vortex. And so basically what they are, it's like, you know, like um, there's different like energetic vortexes around and like ley lines and grids and things like that. And so these serpent vortexes are basically these like um, swirling energy vortexes that create tunnels and so it creates like uh energy for um the connection of these different grid points between like you know like the stonehenge and the um the pyramids and all these different types of things and so um one thing that's really interesting is like the serpent is one of those things that's very demonized right it's very like oh that's scary and like for most of my life i've been terrified of snakes like that was like what i've been scared of the most besides like spiders and now like both spiders and snakes are both my uh, medicine animals and so i've been getting these um uh these serpent synchronicities where like the cause there's i'm reading this book called the cosmic serpent and it's basically this archaeologist that um is trying to merge like uh science with like uh like shamanism and it's just really fucking cool. cool and so like the serpent in you know spirituality represents like life force right and it represents like you know there's the serpent energy that comes up from your kundalini that goes up your spine to give you like that life force energy and then so there's like been this interesting connection between like um these like serpent tunnels and like the different like crystalline grids that are like just connecting um 
you know, different uh, realms and different like energies and these different vortexes. And so I think that we've been programmed to believe that the serpent is this evil thing because they don't want us to discover like how much life force is underneath the earth in these like cosmic serpent kind of like vortexes. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I love this. Yeah, because the serpent, I mean, has been demonized. But really, when you look back in it, I mean, even back to the first, you know, story of whatever, uh, the Adam and Eve story, even that was an apprehension or an appropriation of where, he, I mean, the the damn tree was called the tree of, of knowledge and wisdom, wisdom and knowledge, yeah. right? Tree of knowledge. So it's like God didn't want them to have knowledge or the true awareness of who they really were. He wanted to put them in this little package and say, okay, stay mm-hmm. here, don't eat that and whatever. And the snake was kind of like, hey it's pretty dope. Like when you find shit yeah. out, it's actually really cool. Um, and so maybe you want to check that out, you know, and, and yeah. this is seen, there's also this wonderful PDF. I'll send it to you. It's like 46 pages long. It's, um, called the, um, uh, the apocalypse of Adam. Have you ever heard of this? No, I'll, I'll send it to you. Yeah, yeah. Please send this to me. Amazing. So basically it goes through like end of days, apocalypse, all this kind of shit. But really what it does is it takes the Bible story of Adam and Eve and says that actually God's the evil one and that um, the snake was the one that was trying to help everyone. And there was the fallen angel because it went against the fact that God didn't want man to have knowledge or true knowledge of its ex- existence and power. Right. Yeah. It's kind of like um, handicapping, you know, or. It's kind of like Truman showing you, you know, it kind of just goes, oh, nope, there's nothing else to explore. Everything's right here. Don't do that. And everything's laid out for you. And if you believe in that, then you're, that's, that's fine. There's a path laid out for you and there's value in that as well, that experience. But folks like me and you who perhaps have done this a few times, and I still want to talk to you about reincarnation, uh, is something that you know, the snake offers, right? And so you see this with uh, Quetzalcoatl, with all of these like dragon and serpent things. And I've written down your cosmic uh, serpent. I'm definitely going to check that out. It sounds fascinating. Another thing to your vortex, vortice thing that you talked about is in this book, the Thaluba Prophecy, um, Uh it, it talks about these vortices. So... It, uh, so basically, just a rough version of this real quick is this uh, Michelle Demarquet, uh, this, it's titled on here, uh, Thayuba uh, Prophecy, The Golden Planet, it's the abduction from the, to the ninth planet was the subtitle of it, but a true report of the author who is physically abducted to another planet. One of the things that it opens with is hmm. his abduction, and it talks about that, I mean, all of it's incredible. It's just such a mind-bending story. But uh, one of the things that the entity the, uh, Thou, uh, T-H-A-O, his guide, which is like Dante and the Inferno, which I definitely asked him about the parallels of, and it was fascinating. Anyway, mm-hmm. so there's this uh, creature, this entity that guides um, Michel de Marquet on his abduction, and basically it explains to him these vortices, and it talks about Bermuda Triangle, and it talks about people going missing, and entire squadrons and airplanes and boats and shit going missing. One of the most famous ones was Flight 19. Had a guy named Mike Ricksecker on the show, and he talked about this. He's famous for being on um, Alaskan Triangle on the History Channel. He's been on Ancient Aliens a bunch, but written a bunch of books. Really cool dude. Anyway, but this is something he was talking about, Flight 19. And that's one of the most famous cases of, Mm -hmm. it was 14 different aircraft uh, that went completely missing, and no one ever found them. And they even reported missing time, or that they had gone further than they thought they should have in the amount of time, and then absolutely missing. And in fact, this case is so famous and so mysterious that in Steven Spielberg's, I believe, 73 movie, mm-hmm. 73 uh, Close Encounters, it opens with them finding this squadron out in the desert somewhere. And they like yeah. whip off this thing and it's a bunch of Corsairs, which is this World War II type airplane. And this happened right after World War II. Anyway, the whole story is fascinating. But what Thou talks about in this book about 
in reference to vortices and things like that, especially national parks and stuff. And mm-hmm. this is what's so crazy about national parks is that perhaps they've been set up that way because that's where these vortices are. And they want to minimize yeah. the amount of people that just go the fuck missing all the time, which is what like uh, the missing 411 is all about. And then, you know, there's a whole thing with Eisenhower and the... Um, uh, I guess the Granada Treaty is what it's referred to as. Of course, all conjecture and who knows. Um, but basically, he signed an agreement with uh, the gray extraterrestrials and told them, like, look, you can give us like fiber optics and technology and cool shit and you can abduct a certain amount of people, but you can only do it in state parks and you have to give us a list of them. This was allegedly the agreement. So now that there's yeah. a, a, you know, and if you overlay the map of people who've gone missing with national parks, it's identical. And it also ties into cave systems and all sorts of like, that's it's a, wild. It's mind blowing. We could go, on, we'll talk about that on the next time you come on. We'll yeah. go on a 411 thing. And that's wild because um, that kind of Oz thing that we were talking about, mm-hmm. like, after that, me and my partner had a bunch of weird, like, extraterrestrial things happening. And that was at Mount Noma, which is like, uh, you know, state, state national parks. National forest, yeah. 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 And same with like Mount Rainier or something like that. People in up in Washington, not too far from you, by the way. And that's where Kenneth Arnold had his famous sighting. That's where the term flying saucer came from was Kenneth Arnold sightings when he saw them. They were actually delta wing discs. It's it's a whole thing. But anyway, uh, they weren't necessarily the saucers that we see. Uh, But uh, yes. And so this portal or vortice thing, the way Thou explained it in the book was that, yeah, there's just these areas of overlap where there's other dimensions and parallel realities. And if you get too close to one, you literally get sucked into it. And most people never return. Now, what I find interesting about the 411 thing and I guess we'll definitely touch on this the next time we talk but uh, the uh, 411 thing what's interesting about it is somebody will go missing an experienced hiker it's always the same like thing like they're super experienced there was no reason they should have been lost at all they will find like clothes like they took their clothes off and then basically gone and then basically like their tracks you can go out to a certain point and then the tracks would just be missing they'll be gone the dogs will all stop and they're like "Uh, it went that way I don't know and and so this could be where these vortices are now the scary Mm -hmm. thing about them or one of the more interesting things about them if you want to view it that way is they move around so they're not always in the same spot so you could just be like going to work one day and it's just like floop and now you're in another dimension where time doesn't exist where you don't need to eat and now you just exist in this weird fucking place you know yeah but that's apparently what can happen they just get sucked into these dimensions yeah and i think um so my partner has this theory that like uh, a lot of like hiking trails like they move and they, oh. they they shift and transform. I feel like you guys would have a really cool oh, conversation a, about all of this. Th- I'll have to connect you guys because he has a, a podcast too. But I think you guys would have some really badass conversations about some of this because he has some really interesting theories that kind of tie into all this. Connect me. I would love Yeah, this. I will. You I'll connect that. you. I trust you. Absolutely. <laughs> and if he yeah. makes you smile like that, I definitely have to meet the guy. You know, yeah, you're like a young, yeah. you're like a sister to all of us anyway. So we're like, all right, yeah. bro, you're cool. But anyway, so he has this theory that... Um, you know, like the trails move. And so like he goes hiking a lot and he's very familiar with like the trails he goes on. And he's like, well, this wasn't like this the last time I was here. Mm. And um, so it kind of ties into like why those vortices probably move around is because a lot of times the trees and like the trails are moving too. And they're shifting with like different perspectives and different, I don't know. I feel like it just kind of Ties, ties in a lot of the, yeah it does and then and then other weird observations like people who uh all these videos and you know you don't know if they're real or not but now viewing those videos or bringing those videos to my attention now viewing it under the lens that we're talking about here there's like videos of trees walking have you seen that no where trees like fucking move and like the ground is being dug up in front of them as they relocate so literally cool. like trees shift around have you seen that new er marvel movie it's it's with the asian people i'm not sure who it, what it's called it's like 
I don't remember what it is. Anyway, he's like a super badass Marvel superhero, but it's all like ancient Asia and like really cool shit. So it's a real cool Mm -hmm. motif that they have going on. I never got into that comic myself, but I watched the movie and it was fascinating. And one of the things in there, now that we're talking about this, is a bamboo forest. It's a forest that will open for you and then close. Mm -hmm. So just Mm -hmm. like, I mean, there's whimsical uh, other movies that touch on this concept as well. So like to what you said about them kind of like, leaking information or like dulling out bits of the truth that are packaged in a sci-fi or a whimsical sort of a way mm-hmm. people like you and i look at this and we're like oh that's fucking how it works you know trees just yeah move. Which <laughs> we're from like a this 3D, is the answer yes from a 3d you can't see it that way but now that yeah. you're, we're talking about this and vortices and all that maybe that is the way the force will literally readjust like physically you can see it and this yeah. is also perhaps why like you know, you guys had the experience you did and the hikers coming back down were nauseous and didn't feel good. Mm-hmm. It's because they weren't prepared for that environment. Like you, but you guys are terraformed to that environment yeah. because you're mentally and emotionally and spiritually good to interact with it. Yeah. Well, so and cool. to mention like those hikers too, you could tell they were very much in the 3D because they were like hiking with masks. Ah. And so I was like, okay, very, very 3D thinking. <laughs> so I, I see, <laughs> say less, say less. <laughs> Dude, that's when you're like, oh, I've never met an NPC in real, in real life. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. nice to meet you. Exactly. So before I have to go, I want to, you yeah, said yeah. you want to talk about reincarnation. Yes. So uh, I had a young lady on uh, for another bonus show, Ksenia Moore, and uh, we'll do one together with her as well. She's an astrologer. I've had her on the show. One of the most incredible people ever. Uh, you I think two... we were on um, a round table. Yes. You joined together. us together. Yeah. Table. She's really cool. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So we had a chat. It was like almost two hours long it was crazy I had to cut it off we didn't even get to everything it was awesome anyway yeah uh, kind of like this it's just like I don't want it to stop but yeah. the good news is we can do as many of these as you want so okay uh, so reincarnation one of the things she was talking about on there was the observation of ancients with our sun let's go heliocentric just for a minute even though j- okay. we don't you know just for the model that right. our sun and Sirius B I believe they kind of do this like vesica Pisces with each other okay uh-huh. and the ancients noticed this and what they noted was is that's what the mark of our procession of the equinox is right this 26,400 year cycle yeah one of the things that we were talking about about that was is whenever it's at its closest point is when humanity historically goes through these ages of enlightenment where there's mm. this abundance of energy enlightenment you're thinking like tataria and like all of those things like real dope shit when it's at its furthest away from one another that's when we get this age of deception you know the age of pisces and all that kind of shit where it's just, it goes to shit and everything kind of sucks around here. But then as we return to that point, things, we go through a re-blossoming, which is what this age of Aquarius is. We're now past mm-hmm. the shittiest trough of that of that cycle. And right. so it comes back around. So one thing I was talking about, whenever she was explaining like this, I was thinking about applying it to reincarnation. So if you think of reincarnation this way, one of the issues I had with it conceptually was, is number one, you're here to learn things that you don't know. You're not given a clear roadmap to. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything is correct. So how do you know? And one of the examples I used on it, I think, was like, you know, you did everything right in your life. But one time when you went to a Shoney's in 1987, you actually got a toothpick out of the thing. And that little piece of paper um, that comes off of that, you thought yeah. you threw in the trash because you you like went and you're a good person. And you wanted it to go in the trash. But then you, when you turn around, you were talking to someone. It actually flipped out. And had you just been mindful and you could have caught it like you would have that would have been fine. And so now you need to go back and repeat life. Right. So in my yeah. mind, like it's it's that ridiculous. Ridiculous, okay? Yeah. Whether that's what's going on or not. Now, also, it's to one of these things, like if you are here to learn a series of lessons and you can't graduate or not continually reincarnate here, mm-hmm. you must pass a test, again, that you don't have full knowledge of, that you're bombarded with distractions, all of these wonderful things that make it 
illogical, even on the highest level that I can go to. But Mm -hmm. one of the things about reincarnation that made a lot of sense to me that if you are here to live multiple lives and multiple perceptions through multiple age is of earth, then maybe you only reincarnate for a 26,400 year cycle. Right. Mm. So what this would mean is, is it takes the, I need to learn lessons or I'm fucked kind of thing out of it or this infinite loop of that. You just come here, come here, come here. And you have to live every life, whatever, perhaps you live it in that way because now you're given the scope of what it's like to exist in a human body with these conditions in different environments or time periods throughout our Mm -hmm. lives. Right. So perhaps this is what reincarnation is. You get a 26,400 year cycle with your body. If you live five years, cool. Then you're five years closer to your goal and then you die at five. Well, when you reincarnate, you'll live an 80 year life and now you've 85 years into this and so on and so on and so on. So Mm -hmm. maybe this is how many times you reincarnate because in that way it's just a ride from that perspective now it's not a you can fuck this up it's just giving you the scope of experience offered here yeah and i really resonate with that a lot because i i don't believe that like you can come to this life and just like totally fuck it up yeah like i think maybe like from an earth perspective like oh that guy's a fuck up right like Mm -hmm. you like we look at it that way and it's like well was he though maybe that was like part of his contract because like soul contracts are so complex and deep because like say i have a soul contract with I don't know. Uh, we'll just say we have a soul contract to just like expand each other's perceptions. But then we also have this soul contract with one of your listeners right now to do that same thing. But maybe there's another listener that we have a soul contract to like trigger the fuck out of them. Yes. So then they can, you know what I mean? Yes. And so like, while we have this one soul contract together, there's all these like other mini soul contracts that are happening all at the same time from this one interaction. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And so that's, and that's why like, I don't know. Like, I don't believe that, like, even if you do something quote unquote bad, like it doesn't necessarily mean that you're fucking up or straying from your soul contract. You could actually be fulfilling exactly what you were meant to be fulfilling. And so I think I like that scope where it's like that 20, you said 26 year or 24,000 26,400 years. And this is like a procession of the equinox. This is just, well, yeah. Yeah. And there's like, um, there was a book that I read and like, there's a lot that I took from it. And then there was some that I was just kind of like, eh, but it's called like synchronicity key by David Wilcox. And, um, six. Yeah. He talks about um, this like twenty six year, uh, twenty six thousand year cycle too a lot mm-hmm. in it. Yeah, so Graham it's interesting Hancock, that yeah Graham Hancock too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting that you um brought that up. But anyways, um, yeah, I just feel like in, reinc- reincarnation like, and it doesn't necessarily mean that you're always reincarnating here. Yes. Um, in this dimension of Earth, you could be reincarnating in the fifth dimension. You could be reincarnating in the fucking negative third dimension. Like exactly. That 26,000 year cycle doesn't mean you're reincarnating just in this 3D realm of existence. Like you can re- be reincarnating in a whole bunch of different other areas too. Yeah. And, and I let's think say that's for your, for your past like thousand years, for your last thousand years, you just want to be a rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 And so you just yeah. experience all these hikers banging on you and like pissing on you and all this shit, whatever. Yeah. And you're just this rock. And so now you're like, hey, this is cool. I hope somebody pushes me off a cliff so I can just enjoy the peace and silence, you know, in the quiet right. down there or whatever. Exactly. And even that concept was in that movie, uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Have you ever seen that? Mm-mm. Oh my God, put that shit on your list. Uh, you said it's called it, Everything? Uh, everything Everywhere All at Once, I oh. believe. Oh. Yeah. It's okay. 
that'll get it to you. But um, so no spoilers. We'll actually we'll talk about that next time you come on because okay, you deal. gotta watch it. It's it's so it. in our wheelhouse. It's insane. It'll inspire you so much just because it's oh, amazing. Yeah. Um, okay, well I know you need to run, huh? Probably yeah, probably in a, in a few minutes. But there was another thing that I wanted to touch on with like the rock thing. Please Because yeah. like I feel like with incarnation, people think that you just incarnate as like a human or like right. a dog or an animal. But like the earth is like alive it's like a living breathing like everything has a life force and so i like that you brought up like reincarnating as a rock because yeah. you can reincarnate as a tree or a rock or like a blade of grass like sometimes these incarnations aren't just all these like complex human lives sometimes you're just chilling you know it's yeah. <laughs> just like observing exactly and maybe that's what the whole procession of the equinox marks it's like your mm-hmm. starting point for this ride that you went on your ending point is twenty six thousand four hundred years away you have yeah. this amount of time to experience this realm and all of it has to offer within that scope of reality which you're going to go through these energetic troughs these highs and lows these golden ages like it's a full package we yeah. just view it from our perception or it's easy to view it only from our perception of like oh oh, we only get this amount of time. And then maybe I'll reincarnate as some Indian woman in the 1500s and maybe, you know, whatever. But I take more of the stance like you. I look at it like the interwoven tapestry of it all. Because just to what you said, let's say that like uh, you do, um, you our soul contracts exactly to the analogy that you said, but that one person that we triggered because we were designed to do that, because we had to do that. That person then goes on to write a book that then, um, you know, gets a bunch of people rallied around it, creates a new horrible dark age because of us, right? We triggered mm-hmm. them that much and they had that much passion and influence to go, fuck these two. And yeah. But what it does is that, book and that movement, even though it's dark and horrible because of us, right, we're responsible for it. Really what that does is create our next renaissance that you and I will reincarnate into to be a part of. Yeah. And so this is like this cool thing about like, uh, you know, maybe authors that uh, love writing and everything. I'm influenced by Hemingway and Poe. Well, you perhaps were Hemingway and Poe in that yes. life and they influenced you so that you could just continue this amazing tapestry. We got to yeah. We got to do this again. This was yeah. stupid. Yeah. Cool. Because I, oh, there's so much I know. more. I want to dive into this. I know. <laughs> one last thing well, about let reincarnation. You, give, give us a last word, please. Yeah, one last thing. So because time is kind of like all layered on top of each other and people think that, you know, as you reincarnate, you're going to reincarnate like, you know, so far in the future. I think you can also reincarnate in the past. Absolutely. So like, it's like um, maybe you're reincarnating, you know, in this timeline, but then you can also reincarnate from this point backwards into like, you know, like the three BC or however far back you want to go. And that shifts and creates like a ripple effect in the timeline that's happening now. And so it's like this kind of like weird net of like time that influences each other. And while we're influencing, we think we're only influencing the future. We're also influencing the past. Does that make yeah. sense? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause it's all fucking connected. This is how the idea yeah. of ancestor healing goes. You heal your yes. younger self. It's as if your younger self never experienced it because you're not carrying around that baggage. Right. And, uh, and, and I love how deep the last thing I swear, I love the <laughs> deepness of it to where you can say like, you know, this piece of paper, right. That's in, that's within this notebook full of a bunch of paper. Okay. Mm-hmm. This came from a tree ideally. Right. Now you could say that, you know, reincarnation is so deep that 
the universe knew at some point I would need this notebook because I would take important information and it would be whatever. But mm-hmm. what happened was, is 1500 years ago, I re- I was incarnated as a Chinese man over in China and mm-hmm. I planted a seed and it grew into this tree, which grew into this forest. And yeah. all along the way, there were all sorts of little things that I needed to do as well to make sure that this specific piece of paper, my, uh, all the molecules, everything, the fibers from that tree landed in this entity's hands at this time. Yeah. And so it's this crazy shit. You know, it's crazy and it goes on forever. And I can't wait to talk to you more about it. So Taylor, Elena, we'll do yes. it again. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. This Kidding is such me? a badass conversation. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll do it again and we'll get like, uh, we'll get Ksenia in on it. Cause same thing. Like we're, we're just going to do a bunch of these and this is just for the aligned audience. So anybody, um, and people are enjoying the shit out of this. I've got such great feedback about this. So good, really good, it's just good. about if you and I enjoy it and the more you and I enjoy it, I know the more the listeners and the audience gets out of it. So hell yeah. Well, thank this. you so much. It's always a pleasure. <laughs> always well we will talk soon and definitely send me your booze uh, info I'd just love to talk to him see if he's available for a chat soon yeah sounds like a plan I'll talk to you soon (laughs) okay (laughs) bye bye